Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello! Happy joyous and free. I always say I do a lot of silly things throughout the course of the day. I make tons of mistakes, but I have the absolute joy and privilege of knowing that when I put my head on that pillow at night, I did not kill. That is a great gift. We're trying to share it with you. And we are so very, very Honored and privileged to have an extraordinary guest with us today. Um, this is such a treat for me personally to be able to pick the brain of an incredible filmmaker, a man who really is changing the world with his imagery and his um artistry. We are talking to Thomas Jackson, who has made the incredible award-winning film, A Prayer for Compassion. Take it away. Tell us all about your film, sir. Hi, Jane. It's a privilege to be here and to speak with you. Um, And you're right. Like I'm so uh, happy at how the film is actually coming out. We released it in March, but the film actually started as a um, after I'd seen Cowspiracy, my daughter, I'd been vegan for about eight years when uh, my daughter was born and I was 45 at the time. Then a year or two later, I saw Cowspiracy and oh my goodness, like I was shocked. I had been a live and let live vegan, had very, I did, really didn't know any other vegans. I'd become vegan because of my meditation. And when I uh, was at Unity, you'll see in the film, like nobody at Unity told me to be vegan, but something about the lessons I was learning in my meditation just led me to that way. And so after I saw Cowspiracy, I realized I couldn't just be a living, let live vegan. I had to actually do something. So I really didn't know what to do, but I felt motivated to do something. So one of the things I do when I get in that kind of situation is I pray and I meditate. So I meditated about this, and um, this question popped into my mind that, let, that created this whole documentary. It came from this one question. And uh, as you'll see in the film, I'm a single dad. I live in an RV in the middle of the woods, uh, freelancing. I don't really have the money to be traveling around the world (laughs) to make a film. And so when I started out, I just was going to interview a couple people. And uh, after I interviewed Victoria Moran, who came on as my producer to help me connect to other people, I reached out to her. I'd met her once before uh, when I was in New York. I lived in New York for a while. And um, she connected me with Dr. Tuttle and... I interviewed Dr. Will Tuttle, and I put together a little short video clip from it. And um, I got a call from uh, Sharon Foster at the Illuminate Festival saying, we want to put your film in our festival. (laughs) And I'm like, what the hell? You know, this was three years ago, three and a half years ago. And so anyway, um, somehow she turned it on. She turned Dr. Silas Rao. She let him see it, and he reached out to us, and he came on as a producer and you, as you know, he's a producer on Cowspiracy, which was amazing to me since it was a movie that inspired the film and, uh, and as well as What the Health. And he, through him, I got to travel. He invited us to the uh, United 
of the UN Conference on Climate Change in Morocco in 2016. Uh, with him and another producer, I went to India for two weeks. So I, I got to travel the world. And in this film, I got to ask spiritual and religious people from so many faiths about the teachings of compassion that lie at the base of their traditions. And I'm going to tell you now, if you haven't seen the film, this is going to be a spoiler alert. And I hate spoilers. <laughs> You know, even if I'm going to see the movie, don't spoil it. But this is a spoiler alert I think we all know. The, the truth is, is that every single tradition I've I explored, veganism is not only in alignment with that tradition, but it, is exemplify, it exemplifies their teachings of compassion and uh, at the heart of all of these traditions. Because all traditions teach us to take care of our body temples. They teach us to take care of the environment, other people, and animals. Every single tradition that I explored. So um, it was just rewarding for me to discover this. Thank you so much for that explanation. And um, out of the blue, somebody's decided to cut down a tree um, <laughs> right now as we're talking. I guess you can hear it, but we're going to power on. We are here with the amazing filmmaker, uh, Thomas Jackson talking about his new film, A Prayer for Compassion. You know, so many people have compassion for dogs, like our little Rico here, who's our mascot. He is a rescue from the streets of Puerto Rico, but that is where their compassion ends. And they literally are frozen from being able to extend that compassion to other species. And it gets down to something so um, nuanced as if they want to say meow in a text message and you respond moo, they, they think moo is somehow kind of weird while meow is okay. We have been conditioned and brainwashed to only extend our compassion when it comes to animals, to dogs and cats. For some people, maybe some horses, but not really. It's dogs and cats. And if you try to take that compassion beyond that you get blowback so what you're doing in your film which by the way will be showing june 3rd in beverly hills a screening that you can buy tickets for right now we are going to put up the link so that you can buy tickets what what your film does is show whatever your faith whether it's catholic whether it's judaism uh, Christianity, Judaism, Buddhism, um, uh, Islam, whatever your belief system is, or I would assume agnostic and even atheists, it'd be interesting for you to address that. It all boils down to compassion. It all boils down to kindness, not just kindness to fellow people, but kindness to animals as well. Can you elaborate on that? Yes, you know, um Every, as I said, every faith just says that we are to be stewards of the planet and of animals. And um, Jeffrey Cohen of the Jewish Veg, he like, he really is, for me, like I learned so much. You know, I grew up Christian and I was, uh, didn't realize how much the Bible supported a vegan lifestyle. But Jeffrey Cohen kind of brings the fact that there are a slew of verses in the Bible that really point to the fact that we should be exquisitely compassionate and kind in the way that we treat animals. You know, and it, he breaks down the first conversation we have between God and man, um, which basically 
three verses after God says we're created in his image and he gives us dominion, which means in the same verse that he gives us dominion, he says we're created in his image, which means we should have the same dominion God has over us, which is kindness and compassion. Well, three verses after that, he tells us to only eat plants. So obviously dominion had nothing to do with eating animals, you know, and for years, Christian people have come to me and said, what about dominion? Well, he really helped me understand it in a, in a really clear way that dominion the way it's described in the bible is clearly not giving us permission to eat animals but on the other hand giving us giving us the mandate to take care of the animal as god takes care of us to be kind and compassionate and merciful the bible is clearly not giving us permission to eat animals but on the other hand giving us giving us the mandate to take care of the animal as God takes care of us. So let me ask you a question. By the way, you have an opportunity to buy tickets for a screening in Beverly Hills that is going to happen on Monday, June 3rd. Um, And we're going to tell you as ticket sales come in, uh, but it's going to be an extraordinary screening. Thomas Jackson, the filmmaker, will be there, as well as Dr. Selesh Rao, who is creating an entire system. He's a PhD systems analyst, helped create the internet, and now he's creating a system to switch our culture to a culture of nonviolence and compassion. So it's going to be an extraordinary event. Jane Unchained will be there live, but we'd like you to be there live, too, in person. So uh, we're going to, Patricia Barreto is going to put up a link to where you can buy the tickets right now in the comment section. And meanwhile, we're going to ask you, tell us about where this journey takes you, Thomas. Where does the journey take you in the film? Well, like I said, uh, it takes me from a small RV in the middle of the woods through throughout the United States uh, and also to Morocco for the UN climate uh, Conference on Climate Change as well as to two weeks in India where I got to interview people, from, everybody from Buddhists to uh, Hindus to uh, even, I interviewed several Jains, but I got to interview two Jain saints that are of the um, sky-clad Jain saints, which means they wear no clothes and they have no possessions. Um, they even don't have silverware. The people from their town come and feed them in their hands. So I got to witness all of these wonderful uh, uh, things, you know, and. Uh, yeah, and you know, here's the thing. I run into these people who say they're Buddhist and they're eating hamburgers right out here. Um, I happen to live in, uh, you know, near the beach. Everybody's grilling meat all the time. The smell, the stench of death is overwhelming, even though we're grilling our Beyond Meat burgers, um, which are totally plant-based and are delicious. But this, this, it, it's like I'm overwhelmed sometimes with the stench of death. And and some of these people describe themselves as Buddhists and talk about karma and ahimsa. How disconnected is that? And what can we do about that? Well, you know, it's not just the Buddhists, but, you know, the Buddhists themselves um, have compassion, um, karuna, as their highest, um, highest level of living. You know, like all of these traditions have compassion as one of the top traditions. And so what people don't realize is the outer alignment. When Silish in the film, he mentions that when what we say and what we do are out of alignment, we suffer. 
And I'll tell you another thing. When I've seen him do this, and he mentions it in the film, he goes to audiences and he asks everyone, is there anyone here who would ever unnecessarily hurt an innocent animal? And no one ever says, yes, I will hurt an innocent animal. Everyone says no. And he says, congratulations, you're vegan. So not, not only are all traditions uh, teach us to be uh, vegan at the heart of what they're teaching, but our very true human nature is a vegan <coughs> nature. So this has led me to the point where now, and I really, my message to activists is, you know, when you're trying to communicate to people, if you have any judgment that comes into your heart, whether you speak it or not, you are breaking this natural connection you have between people, and it's going to be really hard for them to understand or hear your truth, especially if you do speak your judgment. So um, what I've learned from what Silas has demonstrated is that everybody is vegan already. So everybody I speak to now, I see them as vegan and I talk to them as vegan. Now, if they're living, not living the vegan life, then I understand they're out of alignment. And from what I've witnessed, because when Silas first said that in 2016, he said, when what we say and what we do are out of alignment, my mind went, that is a profound thought, but I don't get it. But after three and a half years of making this film, watching, talking to doctors and people who have healed themselves and of so many diseases and illnesses that were lifestyle, and then at the same time watching family members and friends suffering from the same diseases, having stents put in their hearts, having you know, gallbladders cut out, having all these things done to them, I realize they are suffering unnecessarily by the choices they are making. So their out of alignmentness is causing physical suffering. For some people, it causes anxiety and, and depression. And all the people I interviewed that went to a vegan diet, within two or three weeks, their health started to improve, you know. But within a year or two, they felt more peace. They felt more connected to all of life. And they felt... Um, if they were ever had anxiety and depression, a lot of it went away. It's not a total cure. I'll tell you what, the vegan switching to a nonviolent diet is the beginning. You also have to add making sure you're eating good nutrients in that diet. You know, taking care of your body temple. Every path t teaches us take care of our body temple because it houses the spirit, which connects us all. And the more you take care of your temple, the more you're aligned with your true self in all ways, the more you're going to be a vehicle for that spirit, the more it's going to flow out of you and the more it's going to lead you and guide you along your way. Meditation, by the way, is the other part that everybody must include. You've got to take care of yourself, get meditation, exercise, good rest, those four things. If you do those things, eat well, do, those are four pillars. They will change your life. Thank you for that. And I try to, uh, I try to do that and do everything else, and it's a struggle, but I am definitely determined to bring meditation into my life. It's one of my new intentions. We've got some callers. Let's start with Shannon, Texas. Shannon, Texas, your question or thought? Hi, I just want to say I had the opportunity to see the world from you in New York City. Uh, Vegan Evan and I got to go. We're in Texas right now. And, um, but, but, yeah, we were fortunate to see that, and the film is phenomenal. And even though this is a heavy topic, when you hear Thomas's voice throughout the film and you see him and his beautiful daughter and the amazing, I don't want to ruin any surprises, but we do some really cool things together and it just leaves you feeling uh, light and happy and with hope. We are all good at heart, I think, for the most part. And to see that um, really all the values and, you know, um, 
everything that these religions and people that are spiritual and even if they aren't, like you were both saying, everything that's being taught or that we know, it's, it's good. And so we just need to align our actions with our morals and our values, like you're saying. So thank you so much. And I hope everybody goes and sees this phenomenal film. Well, I love, I love what you had to say, Shannon. A lot of people are afraid to go to these films that involve animal rights uh, because they don't want to see anything that is uh, disturbing. If you don't want to see anything that's disturbing, then don't eat animals. Because what you're saying is you want the product of the disturbance, but you don't want to confront the disturbance. But the good news with this film is it is not graphic. It is uplifting. And I even asked beforehand uh, the filmmaker before we got started, I said, is this a graphic film? And he said, no. Um, so you can go to see this film. You can get the message, but you're not going to be freaked out and have nightmares. Let's go to our second caller, Lisa Carlin, Thousand Oaks. Your question or thought, Lisa? Yeah. Hi, Jane. And thank you, Thomas, for, for doing the show uh, for Jane Unchained today. I want, I'm Jewish and I'm a Jane Unchained contributor. I've been doing this now for... Um, been vegan for 11 years and have been with Jane for four years. I want to talk about so- the concept in Judaism of Sa'ar Bali Chaim, which has to do, it's a Torah prohibition on causing unnecessary cruelty to animals. And you're right, Thomas, when you started the show to talk about, you were talking about a conversation you had with Jeff Cohen of Jewish Veg. And even the Torah prohibits you know, when you go back to, to being kosher, it prohibits cooking a kid in its mother's milk, meaning you can't mix dairy with meat and taking eggs or chicks from a nest while the mother bird is present because the mother bird would be distraught and that would cause her emotional pain. So even the Torah looks at the suffering that a mother bird would undergo seeing her eggs be taken away. And these, F, these two laws Torah prohibitions indicate a concern for the emotional pain of both the birds and cows and certainly extends to other animals who should neither see nor participate in the killing of their, of her children. So this is so important. And I I also want to say the other side, I think there's a disconnect in Judaism that we have lost sight of what this true meaning, what this truly means. And it's important for all Jews to be vegan. It's important for really everyone who believes in a higher power to think about suffering and causing the suffering of other animals and to have compassion. So thank you for your film. Thank you for that, Lisa Carlin. And I know that you work very hard with rabbis in Los Angeles and around the country to have a compassionate caparot. Um, and many rabbis are saying, you know, that's the, the, the ritual that's so controversial that is being fought in New York and Los Angeles, where in some rare occasions, they're swinging the birds over their head. And there were many, many, many rabbis who signed a letter, uh, and Lisa works with them, saying, it's not necessary, we can use coins. So thank you for all you do, yeah. Lisa. Um, Thank you. I, you know, apropos to that, I just wanted to say that is not a Torah prohibi- prohibition like the others, other, other concepts that I cited. That's a convention that started much, much later in Judaism. And certain uh, types of Jews, certain denominations within Judaism will practice that. You'll see that practice widely amongst Persian Jews and amongst Chabad Jews and amongst some of the ultra-Orthodox Jews, but you don't see it in the Reformed or the Conservative movements. 
So it's not a tour of prohibition. It is, in fact, a convention and something that we need to stop because it's, it's, it's like voodoo. It's not even part of the Jewish faith, yet some people think it is. So let me ask you that question, or should we get one more caller in? Let's get one more caller in from Florida, and then we'll address these questions of uh, practices within various religions that are cruel to animals. Uh, and there's no doubt, there's no doubt that the Kippurah is cruel to animals. That's why there's huge, huge demonstrations um, against it in New York, in Brooklyn, in Los Angeles, and in other parts of the world. Susan from Florida, your question or thought, Susan? Um, I was really thrilled to meet Thomas Wade Jackson when he came to the Great Vegan Cookie Challenge, Animal Hero Kids Great Vegan Cookie Challenge, and filmed there with his daughter many, uh, it was like a year, two years ago, and I was really surprised to see the extent of the journey that he took for this film going really all over the world to ask the question, why not extend your compassion for other creatures? And what are we missing when we're talking about being kind only to certain people or certain individuals? There is a lack that needs to be fixed and addressed, and that is what this film does. It actually underlines the fact that if you are kind, then that means being kind to everyone, two-legged or four-legged. And when I was brought up in Catholic school with the nuns in Australia, I remember this poster on the wall of Jesus with a lamb and a lion, and I always assumed that all of the animals were safe, <laughs> but I was wrong. Yeah. Well, Susan, thank you for your thoughts. Um, we're going to take a brief break on Voice America Influencers. We're going to stay live on Facebook. And remember, you can get your tickets to the Beverly Hills screening June 3rd. It's going to be extraordinary. The Lemley is a great theater. It's going to be a party. Uh, the filmmaker's going to be there. We're going to have a red carpet. I, you know, we'll throw down the red carpet. Dr. Celeste Rao will be there. Jane Unshane will be live. There's going to be a Q&A after. The tickets are $13. They're running out fast. We want to give you an opportunity to get the tickets. What I would urge you to do is get a ticket and get another ticket for a friend who needs to hear this message. If you're already plant-based, bring someone. Bring a sister, a brother. I'm going to bring my sister. I just made a commitment right now. Hopefully, she's available. I'm going to bring her to the screening. Um, and... Uh, uh, I'm going to try to bring other friends as well. So get the tickets now. We're going to post the link repeatedly. Patrizia, you're in charge of that. So we want to keep posting it again and again. So again, we want to post it because the comments go down and we're also going to put it in the description. Let's take a brief break and we're going to come back in a second with more of the filmmaker Thomas Jackson, A Prayer for Compassion. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature. 
Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to The Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. If you see me looking down, it's because I am sharing this video. We've got 38 shares already. We only have a few more tickets to sell, so get your tickets now. The link is posted in the comments section. What were you saying about... Jesus. Well, you know, um, my theory, and it's come from interviewing Dr. Tuttle, who talks about it, and and speaking with Keith Keith Eckers, who is not in the film, but he wrote some great books about this subject, and I got to speak to him myself. But, uh, you know, I think Jesus could have walked around and taught people to meditate and to find peace in their heart all day long, you know, and not have anything happen to him. It was only after he disturbed the big business of the time which was the sacrifice in the temple. I mean, the fact that there wasn't meat department at the time, if you were going to eat meat, you had to get it at the temple and have a sacrifice. The money changers were there to exchange animals for money. I mean, that's was the whole deal. Um, so what was really interesting, I'd, so I'd always thought that. I thought the second you mess with business and disturb the, money, the big business of animal agriculture at the time, he, they killed it. But what was interesting um, – is that there's a verse in the Bible that talks about don't make this into a den of thieves. Now, Victoria Moran just had somebody on her podcast, a Main Street vegan, uh, trying to remember her name. I have to look back, but she translated the, the original text, and what it says is not den of thieves. It says meat market. So it was very clear that Jesus was not for people killing animals, especially in the name of God. Don't turn my father's house into a meat market. I mean, that's basically the translation that we, if you translate it directly. So let me ask you this. I would like this documentary to be shown in every church in America, in every synagogue in America, in every temple for all the religions. And so what are we doing to make that happen? Well, I'll tell you, we are so fortunate that uh, the Veg Fund has given us a grant. We have a grant that anyone anywhere in the world can set up a screening at their church or their um, or their any place of worship, a library, community center. If this, as long as they're doing a free screening, <coughs> the Veg Fund will cover our licensing fee 
and they can screen it for free. And they can also apply for their own grants to have vegan food to serve, which we just did our local screening and we had some amazing food and it makes such a difference. So they'll do grants for that as well as venue cost if you have any. Uh, they're really eager and it's easy to work with them. So uh, anybody in the world who wants to get this in their church, they can contact us. I'm sure you can put the email in your links, but it's at thecompassionprojectfilm at gmail.com. Thecompassionprojectfilm at gmail.com. And we can help them set up a free screening and get them what they need to make this happen. So what do you say to religious leaders when they justify cruel practices. I have seen video from um, Animals Australia that has literally given me nightmares. Now, this is not to condemn any one particular religion. I think there's cruelty involved in all of them. Um, but they, this is when it comes to the live export trade. They are taking these poor animals like sheep, and cows, cattle, putting them on boats, shipping them by the thousands, by the tens of thousands across the world to the Middle East, where then they are taken out and they are killed in a ritualistic killing that is beyond comprehension, horrifying. It's like a torture session. And I, I honestly, it, it boggles my mind, like, how is this possible in the name of religion? What, what is your thought on that? I mean, we've talked about Kaporot, which is the swinging of the chickens. We, um, we can talk about cruelty you know, across the board. I mean, certainly um, it's, there's facets of it in every religion that, that I can see to a certain degree, correct me if I'm wrong, but what about this, this hideous a live export of animals from Australia all the way to the Middle East, just so they can be tortured and ritualistic killing. Yeah, I imagine, you know, there was a lot of things at the time and a lot of the laws they laid down that had to do with what was happening at the time and health things like, you, you know, that's why they didn't want you to mix certain things because you could get sick. You know, there were a lot of like things going on. Um, but a lot of the stuff that you were discussing has to do with sacrifice. And see, the thing is, it's like, um, the, the vegan imams from the uh, Islam faith I speak, spoke to, the rabbis I spoke to, all of the traditions that still have this aspect of sacrifice, they all talk about that sacrifice is not directly related to killing animals. That sacrifice, and a, a lot of them, like in the Muslim tradition, it's not only the sacrifice, but they feed their community with, with what they've done. So what they were saying is that we have to re- interpret our traditions for a new time because uh, environmentally we can't sustain these traditions and health-wise we can't sustain these traditions and cruelty and ethical-wise we can't, they're never were sustainable. So I think um, what we have to do is we have to take the notion of sacrifice and when people sacrifice, um, they can sacrifice their time, their money, their possessions. They, there's different ideas in each faith. If you explore veganism traditions of each faith, there are people already creating traditions to replace the old cruel traditions. So um, it's all about interpretation, and it's all about the idea. You know, one of the things about me, I grew up Baptist, Southern Baptist, and um, 
the reason I've been able to really open myself up to so many of all paths and just look for the truth in each path is something that Jesus taught. You know, Jesus taught to look at the spirit of the law, you know, not just the letter of the law. Like read the book, but then measure it against the spirit inside. He taught people to meditate and to look for the Sophia, the, the wisdom, the energy of wisdom and, and, uh, and intuition. You know, go within and ask those questions and don't rely on a book. And if you get something from a book, make sure you measure it with the spirit of the law. And I think what we all need, and you know, whatever path you're on, we all need to learn to meditate and realize that the energy that we're all trying to communicate and call God or whatever language we use is the thing that animates each of us. And they all traditions talk about we're just temples of the spirit that animates us. And while we're here, that spirit can work through us. You know, uh, one of my relatives, one time we were in a grocery store, I was going shopping with him and I tried to bring up the environmental impact of animal agriculture. And he, he was an older relative and he said, God's going to take care of it. <laughs> And I wanted to scream out in the middle of the store and say, look, the only hands God has on this planet is ours. These are the only hands God has. God can't take care of it except through us. And now after taking this journey, I would tell him not only are these the only hands God has, God has mandated in all of these traditions that we do take care of it and that we do nurture not only the environment, the animals and the other people around us, the voiceless, the weak, the the poor, all of this is Jesus taught us to take care of because we're all connected. When we lift somebody up, we're lifting ourselves up. When we're holding somebody down and we're holding hatred, we're holding the hatred. We're holding people down, and we're the ones that's suffering for being out of alignment with our true compassionate nature, which each of us has, period. So do you think that the world is changing? Do you think that we're hitting the tipping point where, you know, look, the cruelty has magnified because there's more people participating in the cruelty. There are twice as many people on this planet as when I was in high school. So whatever cruelty was going on, just by the very nature of the increase of the number of people participating in the cruelty, it's going to be magnified. And so the only way to change it is to change the culture. You're in there in seeing these different religious cultures around the United States, around the world, do you see them opening up? Because I see in the commerce section, things are changing rapidly. Explosive growth of vegan products, Beyond Meats, IPO, initial public offering, earlier this month was the most successful initial public offering on the stock market in 2019. It skyrocketed more than 160%. Even as the market tanked a few days later, it has continued to rise. So uh, now we have Impossible Foods coming down the pike to possibly go uh, public. I have to research that a little more, but there are many more public um, offerings that are coming up involving cruelty-free. There are index funds that are cruelty-free. Uh, there are startups that are cruelty-free. There are big, big money people, billionaires who are investing in this, maybe not even because it's kind, but because it's where the smart money is going. So I'm seeing the change in commerce. Are you seeing the change in the culture that involves the religious segment of the population? Yeah, you know, I think uh, when it comes to it, everything's connected. And I'm seeing major change in all directions. 
I'm seeing people open to the film that I didn't realize would be open to the film. Now, the way, to me, like, I, I, the people you mentioned are such, are such big parts of the solution and that the billionaires are investing money because of the environment. You know, like, it's unsustainable. So it's going to change. I have total faith that when I've gone around, I, I started seeing the problem as this big boulder, big boulder, and, you know, and, like, we've got to move the boulder out of our path. And once we get enough hands and enough angles, we will push this boulder out of the way. And I've seen so many hands and so many angles, so many people working on this issue that I believe it will shift. I told, and we have to because of sustainability for sure. And the good news is, and this is what I like to tell people, when I interview people, I've met so many people that have transitioned and all of them talk about the health benefits, but they all talk about within a year or two finding more peace, more connection to other people. A lot of their anger has disappeared. A lot of things like when you stop ingesting violence, you will feel a difference and it will change you and it'll soften your heart. The good news is, is that because of these lab drawn meats, people who will never go vegan will start eating nonviolent food. Animals that would never have gone vegan will eat nonviolent food. We will have people suddenly not taking in all of this violence in our bodies. And we will, we will see a shift in all people because it's inevitable. I've seen it over and over and over. When you take the violence out of your diet, your life changes, period. Have you thought of, you're, you're going live with me from a library in Florida. Have you thought of doing a screening at that library? Well, honestly, there's so many people in this town already want to screen it. You know, I've got like a, visit, a vegan restaurant, two different churches, and uh, like a new age place. You know, like I've got no shortages of places to screen. I just have to get back from all the travels to be able to be here and talk to people. Because yeah. the Q&As are so valuable. Yes, the Q&As are so valuable. I would, my wish for you is that you just travel around the country going to churches, and showing congregations and going to synagogues and going to temples um, of all sorts of religions. Uh, what is specifically your plan in that regard? Uh, well, I tell you, I would love to do especially a unity tour because unity is my heart. And you'll see in the film the things I discovered about unity. I'd love to go share with all the fellow people that are unity members. Um, but one of the things we're doing, I'm working with In Defense of Animals. Uh, you'll see in the film, uh, Lisa Levison and Judy Carmen and I created this uh, In Defense of Animals vegans, um, interfaith vegan spiritual, no, interfaith vegan coalition, which we're trying to bring people from all faiths to help promote this message. And we already have on our website uh, resources where you can go and, and find things that are faith specific to show you how your faith is in alignment with a vegan diet. Now, along with the film, I'm creating this living, a compassionate living challenge, which I'm <coughs> doing a follow-up film right now I'm shooting called Compassion in Action that puts all the things we learned. It's like bringing the elixir home in the hero's journey. This next film is the last act of bringing all these things home and putting them in action. One of the things we're doing are creating these compassionate living circles to go along with the challenge. So within your church or your community, you can create these circles. Because one thing I'll tell you, if so many people see this film, they go, I'm ready to go vegan. How do I do it? You know, so, and I can't be there to support everybody. So if we create these compassionate living circles and bring already vegan spiritual people in, they can help the people transition. They can all help each other get 
potlucks and, you know, we want to do initiatives like Jewish Veg has an initiative right now that's like one vegan option always, you know, like everything. Wow. Because one of my messages to ministers and the religious people is, look, I really, it's your own personal karma whether you go vegan or not. That's your choice. But I want you to understand something, that you probably have a vegan in your congregation or you had a vegan in your congregation that walked away, but like so many that felt ridiculed at their potluck for doing a compassionate thing that was motivated by their spirituality. So whether you want to be vegan or not, you must understand that these people that are vegan are living the teachings of your compassions fully and they're totally in alignment with your path. You must not ridicule these people. If anything, you must hold them up and you must always respect them by giving them an option and by not making fun of them for their choice. You know, so this is kind of my message to the religious communities. Like you may not want to go vegan, but realize it's a, it's in line with your tradition and please respect. We've got a caller, Rain from Lakewood, California. Rain, your question or thought. Yeah, I was wondering um, what does Thomas say to Christians that, use um the 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 verse that says that we have dominion over the animals how does he explain um to christians that about the surrounding verses i i just want to hear how he explains that to to christians because that's what's often cited to say the bible tells us to eat meat i mean i've heard that so many times i personally don't believe it but i'm not a biblical scholar what do you say well, you know, in the film, we are fortunate enough to have an interview with Jeffrey Cohen, Cohan, who is the uh, executive director of Jewish Veg, and he most eloquently puts all of this to rest. He starts by discussing how in Genesis uh, one twenty nine, that God tells us to eat the plants only, and then he backs up and he says, in the same conversation that God had with that, that tells us to eat plants. He, that's the conversation he tells us that we have dominion. And in the same verse, the dominion verse, not just the same conversation, but in that dominion verse, he, it starts by saying, we were created in the image of God. Therefore, our dominion is the same dominion that God would have over the animals. So, and if God's are, have, have over us, and God's dominion over us is love and kindness and compassion and mercy. Well, Three verses after he gives us dominion, he tells us to eat plants exclusively. So it's very clear that the dominion verse does not mean we should eat animals. You know, I grew up Christian. I had no idea how clear it was that we were to be vegan, especially at the beginning, that that was the ideal. Now, after the flood, some things happened. God reluctantly granted permission, saying man was evil from his youth, and that the fear of dread and of man would be placed in all the animals. But then... In Isaiah, we come back to this peaceable kingdom where we're all, there's no more murders, like going back to the garden. And I feel like that's the transition that we're moving to. We're moving toward that peaceful kingdom. What I'd like you to do for those of us who are not biblical scholars and never will be, is to just take those two things, put the quote, pull the quotes from the Bible, do the explanations, and send them out or put them on your website so that everybody can have that argument because every vegan runs into people who say, it's God's will, it's God's commandment. And we're not all going to become biblical scholars, but it would really be good if we um, were able to um, have an argument to give back to them. You know, what I always say, look, 
Look at nature. The fruit rots if you don't eat the fruit. The vegetables rot if you don't eat them. So they're put there to be consumed. Otherwise, they waste away. They rot. The same does not happen to animals. If you don't eat a chicken or you don't eat a cow, they continue to live their lives. And that's what I say. And I also point out that Jesus Christ chased the animals out of the temple in Jerusalem. And that's the most documented thing we know about him. And uh, the last I, one of the things that I want to ask you is that people often say, but, but he ate the fish. And so can you address that aspect? Yeah, I can say a few things about this. There is um, one thing that when it comes to the loaves and fishes, um, miracle, if you go back to the ancient uh, Greek, I believe it was written in, you will see that the word for fishes was, um, if you translate it, the little fishes is the third definition. The first definition is like some kind of salsa-like spread, like a tahini type thing. <laughs> So, which would make more sense to go with bread. So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing has to do with, um, in all three gospels, when Jesus comes back, the, the one thing about the fish that people bring up, it's only in one of the gospels. There's great explanations of why it was included or not there, what it can mean. But I'm gonna tell you, this is, when I started making this film, I, like I did research and everything, and I really believed that Jesus would be it. And I wanted to prove that, but I discovered early on, I asked people, like one of the people was Frank Hoffman, who is a director of, uh, or the creator of, uh, founder of the Christian Vegetarian Association. And he said, point blank, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. I think this is, uh, we, if we want to get, there is, now this guy that reached out to me, and I am going to explore this, because there is a guy who says, I have total evidence, I can prove Jesus is vegan, I'm like, we had a great conversation. He's got a lot of things to back up, and I'm like, totally, we can go down there. But at this moment in time with this film, I'm going to tell you it does not matter because if Jesus was alive now and he realized and he could see that we're destroying the planet, our health, all these, I mean, these things are clue. He taught us, he was teaching people to go within and find your own answers. These things I do, you will do, and more, he taught. Because he knew that we would have more opportunities, more technology. You know what I mean? I just feel like he, um, with the information we have now, whether he had a piece of fish back there or not, he was not. Just like Gandhi tried so hard to go vegan. He really, he was vegetarian his whole life, but he had to have a little bit of goat's milk because where he lived, he was missing some nutrient he couldn't get. But guess what? That's not the case anymore. Like I've never met, I haven't met anybody on my journey who hasn't got healthier being vegan you know that information's there and if you're missing a nutrient it's easy like we're we can key in on the four or five things that you can look at and as long as you're meeting those needs most vegans are healthier because they have to be aware of what they need as opposed to uh you know when you're eating animals you think you're just getting what you need when you're actually just poisoning your body with toxins and violence and cruelty so okay we're going to get back to uh, the exciting L.A. premiere of A Prayer for Compassion. Again, it's not a graphic film. You can see it. Um, ticket sales are going on now. We are posting the link in the comment section, and it will also be in the intro. And um, I just urge everyone who is already vegan to bring a friend who's not vegan. That would be the most fabulous um, way to, I think, spread the message uh, you know, just last night I was at a pig vigil 
um, where we bear witness and say goodbye to the pigs who are going to slaughter. It's, it's brutal. It's um, gut wrenching. It makes me question everything. I look into their eyes and I go, why, why are we doing this? So that somebody can go "Mm, bacon or, you know, eat thoughtlessly eat a hot dog when there's a veggie alternative that tastes now the, the meat alternatives taste identical in taste tests. People can't tell the difference, but you know, uh, I brought a friend who had just gone vegan and, um, he, uh, was accelerating so fast. He, uh, got the information. I gave it to him. He said, I'm an environmentalist. I need to go vegan. Then he said, I need to go bear witness. And I mean, it was just like, if everybody could make the connect the dots that quickly. So this film is a way to help people connect the dots. You don't have to talk to them endlessly to say, Hey, come and see a movie. It's not graphic. It's fun. It's about spirituality. You know, bring your friends who are always saying ahimsa or yoga. I saw this woman walking down the street and she had this this T-shirt that said kindness. Just be kind. I said, oh, you're vegan. And she just looked at me because clearly she hadn't made the connection between being kind and not eating animals. So um, I think it would be great to bring non-vegan folks to this screening, people who might be interested in spirituality who throw out words like karma and ahimsa and, uh, you know, they talk the talk. It's, but sometimes it's opposed, not that they mean it to be opposed, but killing is no kindness. It's not compassion. If you are involved in animal agriculture, if you're eating animals, you might as well be killing them. And if you're killing them, you are not practicing ahimsa. You're not an environmentalist. You're not a conservationist. And you're not, you know, living up to um, the ideal that I think all religions ultimately espouse of kindness and compassion to all. So, um, you know, uh, you can get your tickets. Sarah Siegel just uh, posted, get your tickets here. You can click on it right there and go right to the ticket sales. Uh, We've only got, I think, uh, about 27 tickets left. So let's wrap them up. We've got five more minutes on this uh, show. Let's get it done. Let's get it done and have a big party. Uh, what were you going to say? Uh, I have two things I want to say. Uh, one is make sure you bring your vegetarian friends. This thing is really affecting vegetarians. Uh, very. I mean, I don't know. It's like that's the audience as well as religious people because most people aren't aware that cows aren't just milk machines. I was vegan eight years before I knew that. But the other thing I want to say, I want to be clear when we say there's no graphic content. <laughs> there are... Sh- less than two second shots of animal cruelty in confinement, nothing bloody, less than two seconds. I worked so hard to walk this line between showing what the truth is and what people were saying and making it tolerable. I haven't had people walk out because of it, but you know, uh, I think it affects people who are way more sensitive than the average person. The average person, you know, like for me, like seeing the, the meat, hanging there is gross, you know, but to the average person, they're going to eat that. So it's on the level you're at. There's going to be, it's going to be a little difficult in some of these shots for people, one or two shots particularly, but nothing bloody in less than two seconds before you can cut away. Most of us implied, like you, it looks like you're going to cut off the tail of a pig where you cut away before you see that. So I want to be clear, you can take it and People need to see it, and that's what's making it effective to so many people. I've had so many people, especially vegetarian people, they come up and say, you know, I never really 
Nobody's, it's not an earthling. It's hard to watch it linger for some people. You just can't watch it linger, but you do need to see it. And I've tried to make it as tolerable and doable as I could and still make it show the truth. You know, I just envisioned something where you're going from town to town, maybe in a, like a trailer that has a prayer for compassion over it, some kind of thing where when you arrive in a town, it becomes an event. Maybe you have one or two people or, or more at the town ready to greet you. Let's say, for example, where Dr. Selesh Rao lives, Phoenix, Arizona, um, you arrive there. Uh, there's a screening. Everybody makes sure to bring the, the people who are interested in religion, spirituality, and um, but haven't got made the connection yet. And you just go across the country. I just think that that would be, um, I, I just think it would be miraculous because, you know, we, we um, get the message a lot in L.A., in New York, in some of the big cities, but in some of the smaller communities, there are people who feel alone. They say, oh, I'm vegan and I have no friends and I'm mocked. I mean, I just got a friend that told me uh, he lives in uh, the, one of the Carolinas and someone sent him a picture of a steak, you know, who he thought was a friend. You know, the, there are painful experiences these people are having in these small towns that it would be great to have um, yourself going through and talking to the congregations. Go right there. I mean... Are, is there that plan? I'll tell you what. I love the idea, and I do am got places I'm going. But if there is anyone who wants to volunteer to help or um, set up places along the way of these places I'm going, I would be happy to do it. I would love this. I mean, I would love to do it, but it's just a matter of the finding the finances. But more than that, it's the time to set them up because – that takes a lot of time, and I'm I'm still working on the challenge. I've got a, I'm working on the next film, the follow up. So, which, by the way, this is this would be great for the follow up. This would, you know, I would definitely be able to to uh, continue to make the film as we did this and and show the personal changes that are happening and really see this discussion open up with these ministers, you know, one on one. Because in this film, there are a few non vegans that you don't know who they are because they all build a case for it. Uh, veganism, and I, at one point I thought I was going to kind of confront all of the non-vegans, but it didn't happen in this film, and it wasn't meant to be. In the next film, I'm not going to confront the non-vegans, but I am going to bring them this gift, because as Susie Welch, who we interviewed in the film, says, she's a, a vegangelist. Well, I've become a vegangelist. I realize I have this gift, and that if you're not vegan, you're a, you are vegan, but if you're not living it, you're out of alignment with that true, okay. compassionate nature. Let me say this. People are saying, how can I host a viewing in my area? Uh, Sarah Siegel says, Thomas Way Jackson, I will help you. Um, I certainly would be very happy to help you. We, we have contributors, uh, 70 contributors all over the United States and the world. And I would be happy to help, you know, uh, I'm sure all of our contributors, they're volunteers, they're vegangelists. They would like to help you. So I would like to see you. I know you have to do an another film, but... We want to make sure that people see this one and the right people see it. So I would very much like to help you. Are you going to show it online at any point where, uh, where it just like the millions can see it? In September, we're going to release it digitally and it will be online in several places as well as you'll be able to purchase a Blu-ray or we might even put it on flash drives where you can maybe get five flash drives and just hand them to your friend. 
one at a time because a lot of people, I, I really feel Blu-rays and DVDs are going out of the way. It's all going to be streaming at some point. Yeah, like everybody can plug streaming. in a flash drive. Yeah, know. or go to a link and just hit play. Exactly, exactly. So, Thomas Jackson, uh, there's only 27 tickets left is what I'm told. So, again, get your tickets for Beverly Hills, the Lemley, Monday, June 3rd. I will be there. Jane and Shane will be live. The director, producer, Thomas Jackson will be there. Uh, Dr. Celeste Rao, the visionary behind Prevent Year Zero, Vegan World 2026 will be there. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a party. There's going to be a red carpet. Get your tickets now. Uh, the link is on this video. And um, bring a friend that you know is spiritually oriented so they can get the message. I want to thank you so much. We love you, Thomas Jackson. Let's help him bring this message to churches, synagogues, and religious institutions in all religions all over the world. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.